Greetings listeners, welcome to Tipsy Cakes, Savory Stories with Sweet Endings. This is Naomi Levine. I'd like to welcome my co-host Christy Widry. Hi everyone. Been quite the week, hasn't it? Oh my god, I'm so tired. We're both so exhausted and I believe our guest, Chef Jennifer in Dallas, <laughs> originally from Chicago, may be a little tired too. Yes. It's, we're well, all getting back. She uh, is joining us from the, her farm in Dallas, and she is one of my favorite chefs. She specializes in low country and early American whining and dining experiences. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> she has the luxury. She's had the luxury of working for many distinguished clients, such as uh, the Gateway Foundation, and she's worked in private drug and addiction rehabilitation centers. Coastal Bistro, St. Louis Head Chef, General Man. Oh my gosh, her pedigree and resume is beyond her looks. She's a <laughs> Kira Sedgwick lookalike. Do you get that a lot? Oh my God, yes. That's so funny. Yeah, I do. I actually was on a job in St. Louis and got kind of cornered. Um, yeah, that's a great compliment. Thank you. I think she's a lovely person and, and quite lovely. But yeah, I, I do get that. You were accused of being her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you, yeah. Do you ever get mistaken for anybody? Because I do all the time. Uh, in Australia, I did uh, a famous singer called Kate Sobrano in my youth, but here, no. Uh, the accent that throws them off. <laughs> <laughs> I get Margaret Cho all the time. In fact, I've had people chase me down trying to get my <laughs> autograph. Oh, that's so awesome. How cool. I mean, that's just, just the coolest thing. I know, but then I'm like, not all Asians look alike, people. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's kind of a hot topic this week. Yeah, we're just yes, yes. Oh my God, it's awful. Jen, you're yeah. currently, and you've been down uh, operating the small family farm when you found yeah. love five years ago and you're making goat soap. And yes. Tell me okay. about your, your marriage. Oh, my marriage. And how wonderful <laughs> um, it's been. Oh, I love my husband. I'm what I'm just sappy. It's been four years now. I've known him for five. And uh, I'm one of those, I guess I'm still a newlywed. Um, my husband is such a joy. Um, he just is hilarious. He cracks me up and uh, he, he loves my cooking. So that makes me happy. Um, he is of Latvian and Irish descent, so pretty much throw a root vegetable at him and some red meat. And so I have my grown daughter and my lovely little 14-year-old um, and my husband and lots of animals. And it's, it's quite lovely. I didn't think I would get married again. Um, and Carl was incredibly disinterested when I first met him. And I think that's why I was so attracted to him. <laughs> so yeah um so it just uh it, it's it's worked and my goodness I mean everyone in new relationships right now or new children or anything through this whole thing it's it's been uh it's been a test but um gladly we've come out of it well well it's, it's so great to see I met chef Jen about seven years ago yeah but through a I think we met in person. We'd known each other kind of as an online presence through a mutual friend for, wow, about eight years. 
and then met in person, but the client had a wedding cake. The client also had one of my favorite event planners at the time. And then actually Jen never got to the wedding. You never got the no. wedding. Oh my God. There was a there was a pandemic, a mini pandemic before the pandemic. Um, measles. I remember that. Yeah. And I was exposed to measles and they, the doctor was like, well, I don't think you should travel. And then I talked to more people and they're like, yeah, you can't go. So I didn't get measles. The person they suspected would get measles, didn't get measles. Nobody got measles, but um, yeah, it was scary. It was weird. Right. So it was kind of a, I really wanted to go to she's so lovely and her but husband's so lovely and doing well yes yeah oh she's hugely successful very yeah asked her to make uh, popcorn I love asking the best chefs to make anything I'm like make the Kit Kat popcorn popcorn Kit Kat popcorn she made it I'm Fine. sorry but if I um <laughs> if I had a if I was around a shop like Chef Jen and I had the chance to ask her to make me anything it would not be popcorn. It would probably be like, pull out all the stops. And no idea why I asked her to make that. Because you thought why, it was a why challenge. Did we make that? Why <laughs> did we make it? We made it for some specific reason. Yeah, it was, a, I, yeah, it was probably a reason, but we had a good time. And yeah, Jen has been an amazing support to me during my um, business life. And she's just such an inspiration to see. And Christy, oh my agree, right? With the looking at the goats. Oh, well, I mean, I, the most interesting thing is just looking at her resume and then hearing all the stories about the amazing culinary triumph she's had and then transitioning to running a farm, which I think could be stressful, but um, I'm a big fan of most goat products, but they're just <laughs> so damn cute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a farm girl. I'm a city girl, but they're just like, you know, if I could have a pet goat, I would. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm a Chicago girl through and through, but every summer went to my cousin's farm in Iowa. Um, my uncle had pigs. <laughs> and when my daughter was quite young and uh, I needed a job with hours, I used to milk 350 cows every morning. So, yeah, I'm a city girl, but a farm girl as well. So, um, and that was a great job, you guys. Oh, my God, you would love that job. That's a lot of <laughs> Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. That's more, um, it was you, you, milk more, you saw more nipples than a hooters. Did, did sure your hands did. cramp and up? I've actually, I've actually never been to a hooters, so I think I've made up for that. Oh my God. So yeah. Naomi is all of a sudden obsessed with Hooters. She went yeah. there for the first time what, a couple of months ago. I'm obsessed with the wings. Thanks. They're delicious. Oh, and I'm actually, you know, it's so funny as you told me, like Brian loves Hooters and I'm like, I'll go there to humor him. But the other day you were like, Oh, we took my kitty Hooters. I went home and I'm like, now I'm craving wings. Damn it. So the next night I call Brian, I'm like, pick up Hooters on the way home. I just ordered it online, but then I regretted it after because it made my stomach hurt. Hey, I have great news about Hooters that you'll actually applaud. They are opening up venues with child and family friendly clothes females <laughs> just to serve the wings. It's going to be wings to go. Oh, I've heard about those actually. Um, they, they actually tried to launch one like over, I want to say over there near like Schaumburg, like maybe a year ago, like probably uh -huh. right before the pandemic. And it was like supposed to be this big thing. I have heard about this, but 
I think like everything else, it got put on hold until now. Yeah, um, I know that they've launched here near Dallas and it's been really successful. And hey, anytime we can have a success where women are putting their clothes on instead of taking it off, I'm all about it. Especially at a restaurant, <laughs> right? Yeah. The focus is the food. Right, right. And hey, you know, um, no, no shaming, no strip shaming. If, if you are successful at that and you enjoy it, go Absolutely. for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole different industry. But that actually segues into like, I guess one of the questions that we had is, you know, there's, I've heard lots of stories from different chefs that I'm friends with. There's a lot of sexism in the kitchen from male chefs. Um, I've heard it's getting better, but you rose through the ranks when there weren't a lot of female chefs um, in your respect, like just how did you handle all of that? Um, And how'd you manage the men in the kitchen? Um, wow. I wish I had a, oh, you know, I wish I had a real positive story to tell here and, you know, I don't, um, it, it was rough. It's still rough. Um, I will say that the ability to hear comments and take them for what they are and really the ability to turn your ears off at some point has been one of the greatest skills that I've learned. Um, is that skill necessary? Yes. Is it unfortunate? Yes. Um, but if, if people want to degrade themselves, whether male or female, by making inappropriate comments or doing inappropriate actions that's really their problem so uh, that's thick-skinned um I don't think it benefits women and you know again not real popular but I don't think it benefits women to share their specific experiences I think it does backfire sometimes so I just I worry about the rehiring process that's going on. And I worry that some of the progress that we've made will go in the opposite direction. You know, I I mean, there has been some progress made, but I think that's largely in the corporate world where they have rules and regulations that they must follow. And EEOC is listened to and followed. And I think that's why I went into the corporate world. Um, Small, independently owned businesses. No, I don't think it's changed. I think it's just as bad. So um, I will give props to um, chefs like Chef Rex Hale and Jack Mack and all of the men that I've really looked up to in my career because they've all been tremendously supportive of females um, and really helpful. And the women chefs that I've looked up to, Chef Katie Bulger, um, just I could go on and on that have been real, Chef Marianne Moore out of St. Louis, just been incredibly supportive. But yeah, we had a long way to go. Um, I think sexism, racism, all of it, it's still pretty rampant. <laughs> um, you know, that's unfortunate. Well, I think we're definitely seeing that right now 
in the news yeah. on so many fronts. I mean, from politicians to I, restaurants again. Don't even get me. Yeah. I mean, I, the list is endless. It's yeah. unfortunately racism, sexism are touching every aspect, I think, of the world right now. And yeah. I just, I hope, you know, I was really optimistic coming out of the pandemic. Like, like we're not out, but we're almost out. And it's like, okay, we're gonna have another resurgence of the roaring twenties, like after the 1918 flu. And I was really feeling optimistic that there was gonna be a lot of hope and joy. And and maybe I just need to not watch about five hours of cable news every day. And that might help. Oh, turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I I don't too much news and I don't watch enough. I I like I actually you know I I my background is art history and the arts in general because I jumped from like jumped around between like a theater major and and then I ended up with an art major. But I think that really if I had done it what I wanted to do I probably would have been a political science major. Like my dream at one point was I wanted to be a lobbyist because I like oh, to talk. Yeah. I have very strong opinions. And I am like, my colleagues make fun of me because they're like, oh, did you read the newest, whatever, like one of those book club books? I'm like, no, but I just met, read this amazing biography about like James Madison. And they're like, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. I love, I, I only read like nonfiction, political and historical fiction. Like, I don't really do anything or like nonfiction, sorry. But anyways, moving on. Um. I have one more question, and I know Naomi has some questions. What is low country cuisine defined as? Oh, God bless you for asking that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, low country cooking. Now, if you ask someone anywhere else in the world other than America, they'd give you a different answer. Um, but in the United States, low country cuisine um, is based in the Carolinas, especially the islands off the Carolinas, the earliest form of really a true American cuisine where um, French, African, um, European immigrants, there's a lot of Irish influence, all formed um, their own style of cooking, very seafood based, um, very French basic. So a lot of, um, oh my God, it's just, it, it's the most amazing food. I'm drooling and, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, and when um, I was fortunate enough to open the Low Country restaurant in London, um, a lot of people walked in kind of scratching their heads like, what, what is this? But um, then falling in love with the cuisine and I'm obsessed with the cuisine. Um, and I think people don't realize how much crossover there is between Low Country cooking and early American cuisine, because it's really the truest and finest form of early American cuisine. And there's not much crossover with Louisiana and that kind of Cajun style of cooking. There's a big difference. Um, a lot of the same French influences, but there is a big difference. And it's just the most fascinating cuisine. And when you look at early American wines and spirits and all of that mixing with the seafood, oh my God, it's so good. Okay. Um, I literally just wrote, I need to research this. I, yeah. <laughs> you said Irish. Uh, they're not, yeah. not so renowned for their cuisine, but I was in Ireland in Dublin about in the early 90s. And I'll never forget, I was in a bed and breakfast. This was in my sales career and then lucky to have traveled and I wanted poached eggs and they came out and they said were those eggs poached to your liking 
they were the most spectacular poached eggs. <laughs> yes. Well, the Irish because... cuisine. What made them spectacular? Because I love a good poached egg. I don't know. I just the ambiance they were just decadent they were just perfect and irish cuisine is so fab i i know um my family is from um my father's family is from uh near the county mayo near the galway area and people think of things like corned beef and no 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 no. there's no corned beef you know i mean it's it's seafood and and it's very similar actually to some of the um uh the low country cuisine and uh we just had our saint patty celebration and had salmon and mussels and and call cannon which is a irish uh potato baked with cream it looked and amazing leeks. in the pictures oh thank you saw pictures yeah but so what good pictures so. of yours don't look amazing it's i was just gonna say come oh, on no, she is a fine. chef and <laughs> yeah, it's yeah um, thank you but yeah low country is fascinating you guys i mean especially the african influences too it's just a beautiful, beautiful cuisine. Um, there's, I, I wish there were more um, spots in the U.S. for everyone to try because it's just, it's so good. Um, and then we can talk about, and then some other time we'll talk about early American wine grapes. I could go on about that for, <laughs> for days. <laughs> so, wow, yeah, because every time I haven't been to Ireland, but I've been to England a number of times. And while I love the English country and I love so many things about it, I never was as wild about the food. Except for, I, I do take that back. There was some like an Indian food for obvious reasons, but. Oh yeah. Well, you know, yeah. there's dishes like tikka masala, which has nothing to do with Indian food, but everything to do with London. Mm. So, um, you know, all sorts of things, but yeah, let's just say I love the English people. So, not uh, so much anything else about England, but I, I love, love the England? English people. Why don't you love England? Because you you opened restaurants there. Um. Well, I'm Irish, Naomi. So was there anything else in that? <laughs> An experience. Um, well, Ireland is a completely different country than Northern Ireland and the UK. So Ireland is independent from the UK. I love the English people, of course. Uh, just to have some family history so there you go but everyone thinks ireland is a part of the uk and it's not it's, it's the not. independent island republic of ireland so one not of so, my, not, yeah. not a big fan of the british government do you, do so you want to go British into detail on that of the brits the government or oh, some past experience um well wow no um let's just say uh some of my best friends are English. How's that? <laughs> uh, that, that, that that's all I got. Um, okay. You know, the whole deportation thing for me wasn't too much fun. I think, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So was deported um, illegally, but um, can't do much about that. So uh, it's it, it is a hard business. And, you know, Naomi, hats off to you for owning your own business. I've never done that. Um, I do have my little soap business, but it's not culinary. Um, I'm, I'm in the process where I'm going to start to sell eggs soon, but I just never, you know, as exhausted as I was being a chef or an executive chef or any of that, I just don't have the fortitude to be an owner. Um, I don't, I can't do it. 
So hats off to you. I don't know how you do it. Um, I, I don't see that as being in my future. <laughs> it's, 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 in my as well, it's in my past as well. It's in my past and I'm sticking to it. I mean, this oh, weekend okay. I'm making a pavlova for a dear client and I'm delivering it to her, but she asked, where else is yeah. she going to find a pavlova in Chicago? She's not. <laughs> well, and you know, the good thing about you, Naomi, is anyone that can possibly become involved in a restaurant where the chef is the owner um that's the way to go you know it's so hard to find and I think it's going to be even harder to find because of the financial restraints uh post the pandemic I mean oh my goodness I just can't even imagine and I I love seeing chef we hear that a lot chef driven it's kind of a cliche but it's so true um, we need chef-driven management and chef-driven ownership. Um, and so the, the thing I can recommend the most for people is if they are looking to um, get into the culinary world, look for somebody who is a chef, has had experience, um, knows what it's like. And if they're an owner, oh my gosh, I, I think that's the place to go every time. I mean, um, I would say... Another thing is don't get business partners. I just read in the, I did read the news, the Tribune this morning, the Tamale guy. If, I don't know if you followed him. Oh, I saw that article. Yeah, so his business, he's suing his business, his business partners. Oh no. Side. And I've had terrible experiences with partners over my 14 years. Maybe for oh, another no. day. But yes, yeah. definitely work for a sole owner. Yeah. Chef owned, scratch made. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. All of the above. Um, yeah, yeah, Stodge, uh, bench test, whatever you want to say, but this was kind of an audition, um, hmm. viewing a technique uh, with flooding and icing and all of that that I've never done before, um, really precise work. And, was it with um, royal icing and sugar cooking? Probably, I, I want to do something I've never done before, so um, that's what I'm really looking like oh. to do. I'm always trying to find something new and exciting um, so I don't get bored. Are you gonna uh, have you ever been just a pastry chef? No, I've always, I think a lot of women in the industry will tell you that when you get hired as a head chef or an exec chef, you're kind of expected to be your own prep chef. You're expected to be your own pastry chef. You're expected to kind of be a multitasker um, like we are in life, right ladies? <laughs> so yeah, I've done so much pastry work. Um, and I think it's been uh, trial by fire a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's really my favorite part of the job. But in the meantime, you get to hang out with the goats. Oh and... yeah, I still, I'm still a full-time goat, goat person, chicken person. And, and what's going on is stinking, Abraham stinking or something you call it? Yeah, <laughs> Abraham stinking. Who's he's, that? He's our new buck that will be joining the herd tomorrow. Um, do you um, sell your soap only locally or do you sell it? No, all I sell it online. I have an Etsy shop. Um, I do a lot of local sales. Um, I'm not a big marketer or anything, um, but I make soap uh, geared towards chef hands. So um, it's, it's a little different than your average soap. It doesn't quite lather as much, but it removes um, 
culinary traces of your culinary day. So oh my God, that's um, what a smart. Yeah. That would be amazing because I'm not a chef, but there's certain times when I'm like, how many times do I have to wash my hands? Right. To get so many gloves. Right. She's like, I can't touch me. I, 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 I no, I never claimed to be. And uh, you know, I made some really effective. Uh, my issue is that I do a lot of fish and oh my gosh, I don't want to smell like fish, right? Mm -hmm. Who wants to smell like fish? So I made a coffee soap and um, yeah, but the coffee interacts. So I actually did some research on it and it helps remove the oils and uh, the fishy smell from your hands. So oh, that's, um, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of what my soap does. And it's a, it's a little different. People will be like, well, it doesn't matter as much and this and this and that. Yeah. But it is actively removing organic material from your hands. So well, that's like when you smell perfume, they give you coffee beans to sniff in between because it neutralizes yeah. the smell in your nose. Yeah. That, that's exciting. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then I won't have um, partners again, except Christy yeah, on yeah, the podcast. I, my, my husband's always really, he um, he's become gluten-free since marriage and really he can't tell the difference. Um, but he's always kind of nudging me in that direction. He really wants me to be a gluten-free baker. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm blessed that I can, I, when I first got the diagnosis, I was pretty devastated. I thought I'd have to end my career, oh, no. but yeah, but no, I didn't. So thank God. Um, uh, which I'm so happy about because there's some people that do have to, you know, find a completely gluten-free venue or start their own. Mm -hmm. But no, I can things. still touch it and I'm I don't have any issues with that. So oh, that's fantastic. Um, I know, thank God. If you could roll uh, turn back the clock, what's your favorite non-gluten-free meal? Three courses, please. Because we're going three to courses. Um, well, I think my grandmother's French bread to <sighs> die for. I mean, there's nothing better on earth. Just French bread with a little butter. Oh. Um, so good. Um, and then I will have to say gazpacho with the real gazpacho with the bread in it. Oh, my God. Um, and that's my grandmother's again. <laughs> uh, and then, oh, my God, you're making me so hungry for gazpacho. <laughs> um, and then I guess fried chicken. Oh my God. But I make a really good gluten-free fried chicken now. So um what do you use for the breading in the gluten-free fried chicken? Um pork rinds. Oh my God. I just like died. <laughs> That's pork rinds. Not like fried chicken. Oh my, but because if you take the chicharron, the pork rinds, and you grind them really fine, and yeah. oh my God, that would be amazing. That's better than breadcrumbs, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah, pork rinds. And I'm so going to try that when I bread pork. something now. Yeah, pork, pork rinds, um, cornmeal, and buttermilk. Oh um, my god! Like I'm, to die for salt I'm and pepper. I remember we're going back to the pre-gluten. So I know your dream. Um, oh god, pre-gluten, um, pre-gluten pre sensitivity. I will say, oh, you know, I just I'm just gonna go back to bread. <laughs> I, I, bread I don't like believe being able to put like. Yeah, I make a really good gluten-free bread, but nothing matches 
you know, my grandmother's French mm-hmm. bread. What about dessert? Um, well, desserts, I am a custardy, you know, creme brulee is my favorite thing in the world. So they um, didn't have to sacrifice that. Yeah, as I didn't have to sacrifice. Yeah, uh, a lot of what I really loved, I've learned to make. And I'm so happy about that. But yeah, there's nothing better than French bread. And you can't make a great loaf of gluten-free French bread because it's all about the crust and the gluten and the the air bubbles and all of that. So mm-hmm. I know um, you I know you haven't been to Australia and I'm gonna talk about what I love. Uh, yes. A tribute is to our Asian um, population has influenced the cuisine so much there. Yeah. And it's called laksa. It's mm. actually a, a Malaysian dish of a, a noodle the coconut cream with uh, prawns oh my god an egg that sounds so good so good and not available in the midwest uh people have tried some restaurant owners have tried over the years but that was decadent thai food is so different there thai i love the thai thai food but here i'm just struggling have you tried to replicate it no but maybe i should why don't you i don't know yeah why not like seriously have you tried um have you tried shirataki noodles they're made from an orchid they're gluten-free they're phenomenal okay yeah you gotta try them i will they're Uh, like a glass noodle they really are yeah okay okay yeah i'll look at that and christian and i are gonna head out to a market in arlington heights one day yeah but they're japanese they're not thai it's not asian it's they have a few Chinese things, but it's mostly Japanese. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and um, I also love a good Wiener schnitzel with veal. Yeah, you love veal. I know that. You do I love, love veal. veal. I'm sorry. You I love veal. People, I know it's a horrible thing to say around. Oh my God, baby cow. Killer. There is ethically raised veal, lovey. I'm, I'm all about the ethically raised meat now. And yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I can't yeah. get the mess. Ethically raised. I just don't. Veal. I don't, I just, I've never liked veal. But you like popcorn for dinner. Dude, when I lived by yeah. myself, there was no point in like cooking for myself. Yeah. And but so she did it the other night. Because That's I was okay. over here recording a podcast <laughs> and I was too tired to cook. No, she was excited. She's like, I'm going to be I a- feel you. I so feel that girl. Listen, I had I'm, a bagel and a bag of microwave popcorn. And then I topped it off. I want to say with half a pint of ice cream. It awesome. was like the perfect single girl meal. You're my hero. I was single for you. I was single for years. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard enough time cooking for just two. I don't like leftovers. I, I, my mother always cooked for an army because we always had people over, and so I cook enough. Like I made, I hate corned beef and cabbage, but I made it for Brian the other night because he (laughs) loves it, and. I like seriously I'm like I literally threw out the rest of the potatoes and the cabbage this morning and I have like four pieces of corned beef that I'm gonna put through the grinder when I get home because I don't eat leftovers yeah and everything else but and then last night I was like all right well Brian can eat the rest of corned beef and then I'm like screw that and we went to Taco Bell and got 24 tacos and that was (laughs) I don't understand I've never had Chipotle ever I tried to yeah I'm not half long I'm just not a fast food person at all, but, too, um, but- I, I, I will leave you with this. So um, because we're talking about St. Patty's Day and all that, corned beef is an American Irish yep. tradition. So um, 
that's 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 American Irish through and through, especially on the East Coast. Um, thanks to the Jews, we have uh, corned beef because the Irish lived with a lot of Jewish. Um, the lovely Jewish people shared their corned beef with us. It was cheap. And so that's why we have it. So thank God for the Jews. Yay. Nothing's better than a good ribbon. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Ribbon no shop liver. Uh, I can't do the chop. My mom loves the chop liver. Oh, I can't do the chop God. liver. Um, I just can't. Okay. We are like eating our arms here. And that's Jen hilarious. Got to get ready for Abraham Stinkin'. Yeah. Yeah. Abraham Stinkin's coming to so oh I yeah, no, I'm not. Milk. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not debating guys. that. It's not popular to say as a chef, but I'm a vegetarian. I can't call myself a vegetarian fully because, of course, at work I make every type of meat known to man. So, um, but yeah, and there are ethical choices. Uh, we don't eat our animals, but I support people that do and ethically raise their animals. So, um, yeah. I'm just going to throw one final thing out there. You got the soap thing covered. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some really good candies made from goat milk that, you know, wouldn't be a bad idea. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, some really good candies made Are from goat milk. That's oh, what I'm saying so is good. I'm just saying, like, that's another thing. Like, I just don't like drinking goat milk, but I like working, like, like using it for other things. And I love the cheese, but the I'm, cheese I'm just so saying good the cheese is I would, so easy to make, ladies, too. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my so God. Easy. Yeah, I, I don't have a goat. So. Jen, when are we going to be able to visit you? We've talked about the pandemic. Is it oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Soon? And I, you know, here's here's some, but here's the weird thing, you guys. I had COVID last year on April Fool's Day. No. So I'm getting wow. my second shot on April Fool's Day. And I think that's kind of prophetic. So, um, yeah. And again, no, I wasn't unmasking or leaving the house or non-socially distancing. We don't know how I got it. It could have been, you I, know, from, like I don't know. Christy got it. You both were so I, I got it. I got it um, like about three weeks after you did. Oh, and God. I don't know how I got it because I, I mean, I'm still convinced it was either a, we didn't have a mask mandate and someone breathed on me the like three times yeah. I went to the grocery store or I must affect something after being out. He rolled his eyes at me. My um, husband was, and I have to tell you, my husband took it extremely serious and so did everybody that he worked with. But I yeah. just think that, you know, we're humans. We pass yeah. crap on to each other. Right. Um, so, um, yeah. How, well, I'm going to tell you this under their driver. There's a lot of times, I mean, Texas has been the bomb on this vaccine role. Yeah. You guys, Texas. I have to say. Well done, yeah. Texas. Shame yeah. on you, Illinois. You have not done a good job. Yeah, but yeah. Distribution. Texas isn't perfect. You haven't done a good We've job. got some utility issues. <laughs> yeah, Texas isn't perfect. But, you know, and we've got, you know, I got to tell you guys, too, we get a lot of um, bad press for being, you know, a completely one-sided red state. We're red and blue 50-50 right down the center. It's because so, of all the transplants. Yeah, well, no, no, no. We have we have border towns. Yeah. So um, you know, and and I I love living in Texas, and uh, I just have to say that because I'm a former Yankee, and boy do I get crept on by the <laughs> by the Illinois people, and I'm like, hey guys, it's pretty sweet here. There's some great um, amenities. There's there's great rules. You know, our rules during the pandemic were awesome as far as alcohol and to go sales and lifting restrictions. So. I'm I'm all Texas. 
I am um, actually impressed by 90% of what's happening. Politicians, I, again, the girl that watches CNN too much, some of your politicians, I could really do without. Like the guy yesterday, the, the senator, Congress was congressman, that compared, um, there was a, three decades. It's been three decades since there's been a congressional meeting to discuss racism against Asian Americans. Yeah. And they played some of these voicemails that some of these Asian representatives have been getting throughout the pandemic, calling this one from New York, a dirty fat pig who's disgusting. And she's the reason why we have this. And this one, I don't know what district he's from, this representative from Texas, he basically went on and said, I don't care what you say. And he basically compared, he used a lynching reference. All right. First of all, and secondly, he basically said in not so many words that this was bullshit and that I don't, he didn't know why all these Asian people were getting so upset. You know, I hear, I, I'm just going to say this, uh, white people are just sucking it right now. And as a white person across the board, come on guys, I, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Asian Americans, black Americans, every, come on, uh, we just got to do better. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have a really hard time, like not to get like deep, but I'll get semi deep is yeah. I was raised in a white family. I was adopted uh -huh. and I have a really, my racial identity is a really hard, I could probably go to therapy for years about it yeah. because I identify so much of my culture and my life is white, but my yeah. face is Asian. Yeah. And so like, well, I was saying to Brian, I mean, and we live in a decent summer, but there's a lot of racists out here. Yeah. Well, anyone, Naperville, Downers Grove area is very racist. And, and if you're not like, trust me, I, there's stuff, but I told Brian, I'm like, I started wearing sunglasses in my car whenever I can, because I don't trust people just not to look at my face and shoot me in the head. Oh, Jesus. Girl. Like That's like the I, fear I, I live I, with. I hear it. I hear it. I, 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 I totally get it. And, um, you know, it's across the board, it's across the board. And hopefully now that we have a recognition and it, you know, it, the recognition, man, we're so sick of it, right? We all know it exists. Yep. Um, we all know it's there. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take? his mother is white. She's like a mixed race of white people, but basically he isn't really always accepted in the Asian culture because he doesn't look totally Asian yeah, and he isn't always accepted in the white culture because he doesn't look white, you know? So actually people think he's Hispanic, but that's a whole different thing. But that's the thing is, yeah. is I people mean, ask all the time. That's so annoying too. Yeah. And uh, to God, it's question, so freaking annoying. Where, yeah. where are you? Where are you from? It's I'm like, sick what? of being asked, where are you from? I, like oh I told you God. earlier, someone once asked me if I'm we had, if we had forks in our house or did we only have chopsticks? Oh my God. I mean, this was years ago. And you know, it's like, but you know, was, my husband and I were talking about last night. I'm like, yeah, I'm disgusted by this, but you know what? I know that I can get pulled over by the police and I'm not worried that the police are automatically assume that I have a weapon and I'm trouble because of my skin color. Because <laughs> no, it sounds you know amazing. What, girl, don't you have every right to speak about it yeah, and we need to speak um, because if we don't that's what yeah no but yeah. we also agreed we weren't going to talk about politics and religion. how could you not know how could it's, you not it's politicized okay, guess what we're not we are now going to discuss politics because uh, we can uh, yeah, because it's this exhausting is 2021 
Yes. It is and exhausting, just, but it needs to be said. And you're, you know, you sharing your experience needs to be heard. And um, it's unavoidable. And you know what? Thank God it's unavoidable because I think for a long time, people just didn't talk about it. Don't talk about religion or politics. Well, guess what? Guess where that got us? Yeah, it, so, didn't get, it didn't get very far, didn't it? No, we sure as hell I, did I, I love my mother to bits, but she's always the classic. I don't discuss politics last right. year. All she could say was how much she hated Trump. I, like, I know. But oh that's 50% of our country. That's so familiar. So familiar to me too. And and so, um, and and a lot of that generation kept quiet when they shouldn't have. Sorry. But, um, yeah, and then, and when, then, when, then Trump, yeah. when Trump was elected, it was like, oh my God. Like every five seconds, I'm like, well, you know, where were you guys? Hello. Yeah, where were you? Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it needs to be said no no harm done no foul it, it's 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 a mess so uh if people just would we can acknowledge its existence and then we can talk about it and hopefully move on we can't move on until it's discussed um and discussed on a regular basis not just because something else horrible happened like the right. stuff that happened this week god, god. yeah yeah, so, uh, so that's chef politics talk for today. <laughs> <laughs> Chefs can be political. Yeah. Chefs have a voice too outside the kitchen. Hey, look at Jose Andres. <laughs> go, you go, Jose. You've been he's the man. He's been amazing. The what life he's been doing. of the pandemic, man. That guy, I've always loved him, but way to go, Jose. Yeah. What about yeah. Tyler Florence? He hasn't done. Serious. She's talking about the um, charitable work that Jose has done throughout just, all of this pandemic, right? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering yeah. what she, her thoughts on Tyler are as a chef and person. Very just because you're obsessed with him. He's cool. Really? Are you obsessed with him? You always talk about him. I think he's a phenomenal, was a phenomenal food TV cool. chef. Good. Awesome. I hope he hasn't had anything. I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of celebrity chefs that I just, um, I don't have time to follow. I like people will say, Oh, what about this person? Yes. He's You're done amazing things. Um, it, I could keep going on, but there's a lot of them that I just really don't know. I can't watch the food channel. It's too stressful. Oh, it's so stressful. Um, I haven't watched it for years. Could you really? I, I haven't watched it. it. That's so funny because I never watched it. My yeah. mom was obsessed with it. It was good in the early 2000s. But now that she, like, when my mom passed on, I started watching it now and then. Like, yeah, it's so weird. But I'm, like, obsessed with, like, there's, like, four shops I'm obsessed okay, with. Okay, who are they, Christy? <laughs> Marcus Samuelson. He is, um, he's he's an amazing. He was adopted. He's, he was raised in Sweden, but he's Ethiopian. He's oh, revitalized awesome. the Harlem neighborhood. Nice. Oh, with, um, oh his, yes, I know him. Yes, yes he's, and, yeah, he is, and he has done so much for, wow. um, he worked with Jose in the World Kitchen to help yeah. like feed and keep his staff working and everything else. Um, I like Scott Conant. He's an Italian chef. Um, he's, I found him, because, but um, I really like him. My, um, I bought Mark Murphy's cookbook. He does kind of like American, um, whatever yes. his cook. And then there's a guy named Chris Santos and he actually does Tao. But his cookbook that I bought a couple of years ago is probably one. He's his recipes. I've never seen a recipe with so many. Like one recipe I made, the rub had like seventeen like ingredients in it, and then the 
the sauce and another 17. Like some of those recipes are like three pages. And I'm like, literally for one meal, it cost me like $75 just yeah. to replicate the rep- recipe. But it was one of the best like recipes. Awesome. Those are kind of my obsessions right now. Yeah. And then I just, for adorableness, I like Jeff Morrow. He, yeah. um, won the, um, he won one of the Next Food Network stars. He's from mm-hmm. Westmont originally. Okay. He's based in Chicago. He just, he's like really pushing the jardinera and the Italian beef on the world. But so cute. Oh, great. So cute. We'll have to share some pictures. Please send us some pictures of the yes, of the new I goat. Love Abraham Stinkin. He's just <laughs> the cutest thing and he's got the cutest beard. And oh, I just love him so much. So we're gonna pick him up tomorrow and introduce him to the ladies. Nice. We love you, Jen. And uh thank you. I again. love you too. This was lovely. And it was great um, talking to you. You One day too. we'll mate in Texas. Oh God, yes. The sooner the better. And your sister lives in Plano, so she'll have to come over too. Yeah, so. I, I didn't. I didn't get to see her for my yearly trip to Texas this year. So oh. hopefully next year we'll go down there. I just won't come to Texas in the summer. I just yeah. I can't. Maybe I, we'll do a full podcast in Texas. Hopefully it'll be lovely. You don't like like like, it, but, like you. But there's no humidity, girl. It's a dry heat. Oh no, <laughs> I'd rather have the humidity, and I don't like humidity. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, I can, like, my husband and I talked about it. I'm like, we will never retire somewhere warm. I think Christy and Brian are going to end up in Texas. No, Christy and Brian, so no. Christy and Brian, so no. Don't you feel that, Jen? Oh, I do. And no, you are so you know, Dallas, no, we're girl, not. Dallas, we already have a plan. We got it going on, girl. Seriously. Our no, I, I, so I, I don't want to live in Texas. Our plan <laughs> is to retire to Northern Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you could freeze your ass off. I know the service industry and those. I'm yeah. not doing what I do for a living when I'm my goal is to be done in 10 years. Okay, well, I mean, I doubt you, that, girl. but good for you. I can't stand nine hours a day like now when I'm yeah. I got, yeah, I can't. We all do, we love working. I work because yeah. I have to. I'm so excited to go back, you guys. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm you gonna miss my animals, but I can't, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Well, good luck. <laughs> can't wait to hear Thanks. about it. Yeah, me too. I'm. I'm. This is. This is. This is opportunity one. I'm not. I'm not done picking yet. So. And it may last a day. A Apparently, there's been a few people during the pandemic that have gone and got a job and worked for a day and said, "Oh, well, it doesn't." Matter. No, really. Yeah, yeah, a couple, but that happens. It's okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah. I think hopefully I'll be when more discriminating. Your yes. Oh God. Yeah. So don't know how you do it. So anyway, well, anyway, lovely to talk to you girls. I'll send you pictures of Abraham stinking and the ladies and the chickens and all of it. So thank you so much. Have a lovely day. You too, And things are only going to get better from here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Tune in next week as we welcome another great guest. Join our podcast, Tipsy Cake on all your favorite platforms. Share, share away. For now, goodbye, Christy and I.